0: Hello and welcome to the BU Body Empowerment Unified podcast. I'm Hannah, the President.
1: And I'm Diana, the Podcast Producer, and we represent the Body Image and Eating Disorder Awareness Club, also known as BDAC. Started by high school students and centered in Los Angeles, California, by BDAC, the Body Image and Eating Disorder Awareness Club. This podcast focuses on telling stories from those that have overcome eating disorders or have or are struggling with body image and self-love. Through this podcast, VDAC aims to spread positivity, kindness, share tips and tricks for self-care, and overall raise awareness about the importance of self-image and mental health.
0: In today's episode, we will be discussing the importance of safe and healthy fitness, as well as what it means to build strength physically and mentally towards self-love and validation. We speak with Annie Calvinesso, a body-positive health and fitness coach who challenges diet culture and shares her story about overcoming an eating disorder to take on a career of empowering
2: exercise. In this episode, our topics discuss eating disorders as well as contain content for mature audiences. Listening discretion is advised. late 1900s fitness began to grow as a part of recreation in which society became more focused on health and body image. Through this, the multi-trillion dollar industry of fitness paved its way into life, and is still a prominent topic as of today. Though the industry promotes healthy lifestyles and habits, it's also important to be aware when these ideas take a toll on mental health and self-image. Over time, it means to make money and encourage the obsession of the ideal body, fitness propaganda grew through the advertising of marketing gimmicks such as fast weight loss equipment and dieting plans thus encouraging overexercising and glamorizing eating disorders. In fact, the idea of fitness changed from health to achieving thinness and obtaining desired physique. This trend was so popular, especially through the 70s and 80s, that it was integrated into pop culture, entertainment, social media, and even through peer criticism becoming a natural part of life. These harsh pressures to work towards unrealistic body standards became a natural, unquestioned part of society. Luckily today, there are more resources on healthy and safe exercise, as well as awareness on body positivity, understanding that fitness should be enjoyable and motivating. Still, it is also important to address dangerous societal expectations, discourage criticism, and continue the path to rid of the toxic fitness culture.
0: Today, we have the opportunity to speak with entrepreneur Annie Calvinesso, also known as the GlamFit Diva. Annie is a health and fitness and business coach, as well as a professional singer who specializes in helping her clients heal their relationship with food through empowering exercise. From her past experience with the eating disorder anorexia that caused a rupture to her abdomen and had affected her singing ability, Annie had gone through hospitalization and recovery, where she was soon drawn to weightlifting. From there, she found the strength to her body appreciation journey, hoping to teach and inspire others as well with her love of fitness. Through her health and fitness program, Annie is able to show that exercise can be an enjoyable and sustainable part of any life without the toxic diet culture, excessive training, and body shaming typically seen in society. With her love of singing, Annie was also able to create her own methodology that combines fitness and singing to build vocal strength. Today, Annie continues to encourage a safe and healthy fitness routine as she has been able to help over 300 clients on their own journey towards self-love. We sit down with Annie to hear her story through ED Recovery and her thoughts on the pressures of society and unrealistic beauty expectations, the fitness industry and diet culture, as well as her path in her business and promotion of self-validation today you continue to spread the importance of body positivity and acceptance and fitness as it has led you to your career in business and here today you continue to motivate others what was your journey like when you first had to learn how to motivate yourself
1: yeah so first of all thank you both so much for having me on i'm really excited to be here um, and to you know spread awareness about what health is and my journey with eating disorders so hopefully um, i could help someone not go through what i had to go through that's pretty much my whole mission now um so when i was about both of your age when i was in high school um i developed an eating disorder and i really think that eating disorders are more mental disorders than physical disorders so i would say that i probably have had it my whole life um you know just growing up with messaging in the media, um, the way that, you know, my parents and my ancestors were raised to believe different things about health and bodies and the way that bodies are supposed to look and the way that women are supposed to look and the way that we're supposed to act and all these things um, really led me to feel like there was something wrong with me and to feel like I needed to change my appearance. Um, I also had anxiety and to me, it was really a way to control things in life that I could control, you know, because I was a teenager, I had all sorts of insecurities. um, And I just wanted to change the way I looked. I thought that if I was thin, then that would mean that I would be more lovable, um, because that's the image that's projected in the media, right? So what happened was, when I was about 17 years old, um, before that, I actually didn't have a a, an iPhone. The iPhone actually came out when I was in high school. So um, when I was 17, which is about 10 years ago, I'm 27 now. Um, that's how that's how uh, new the iPhone is, by the way. <laughs> but when I was 17, the iPhone, I got the iPhone and I downloaded the app My Fitness Pal, And that totally changed things for me. Because before that, I had tried to track my calories, I had tried to restrict But I would do it on pen and paper. And my twin sister would keep a very, very close eye on me because she knew that I had this problem. She knew that I was insecure about my body. She knew that I was always trying to diet, always complaining about squeezing the fat on my body and things like that. And um, she knew. So anytime I would try to track my calories, she would take the book and rip it up or she would hide it and she would not let me do it. Um, I remember being like 12 years old and stealing my mom's weight watchers book and then trying to use that to use the point system and all that stuff and my sister would find it every single time she's very intuitive she knew so I was not even able to fulfill my. Anorexia before I was like 17 because then, when I got the iPhone I downloaded my fitness pal and then I could do it in private, so what happened was I put on this facade that it was for health, right, as a lot of people do. Um, Of course, now we know that you can be healthy at every size, which I could get into a little later on this interview. Um, But what happened was I started to track my calories and I started at 1200 calories a day. And being my perfectionist self, being someone who was a straight A student, constantly trying to beat her own GPA. That's all perfectionism and anxiety, right? We know that now, but I didn't know at the time that tracking all these numbers was keeping me in this anxiety-ridden perfectionist state. So I would try to get lower and lower and lower numbers because I was seeing the weight fall off. I was seeing the results. I was really excited about it. I was getting all sorts of compliments and, you know, as I was doing that, I would try to beat my number every single time. I would try to get to a net calories of, you know, first it was 1,200 and then it was 1,100 and then 1,000. It became almost like an addiction. And I started to restrict my calories more and more. I would, you know, throw away half my sandwich at lunch. I would not eat breakfast. I would cut up my food weirdly at dinner and just eat a little portion of things. Um, Sometimes on the weekends I would sleep in so that I couldn't eat Um, just all sorts of really unhealthy behaviors. Um, My parents had an exercise bike, so I would go on it for like one to two hours a day, every single night. And I remember it it really became an obsession. So. We got to the point where I had lost, I want to say like 20 pounds in a span of a few short months. I think it was like, maybe February to May, my senior year, I had lost a lot of weight. And then I kind of realized I had a problem, but I was getting so many compliments that I didn't want to do anything about it. Um, But then this summer, right before I was supposed to go into school at the University of Michigan, my stomach ruptured from the eating disorder because we know that, now I know through my studies that the body has a psychosomatic response to stress, and my body's psychosomatic response was forming ulcers on my stomach. And then it was just like the perfect storm, the perfect combination of things. I was on medicine for um, getting my wisdom teeth removed, and that medicine made my ulcers rupture, ulcers I didn't know I had. So it was a medical emergency. I was brought to the hospital, rushed to the hospital to do exploratory surgery. They had to put a fake little piece of stomach in there to repair the hole in my stomach, and I was in the hospital for 2 weeks. I missed my first 2 weeks of college ever Um, I was at school to study voice um, to study singing at the University of Michigan, and it was my dream. And I just laid in the hospital bed, and I said, Why did this need to happen to me? What the heck is going on like I was so confused. and. I was kind of overwhelmed with guilt and shame because I knew that I had caused this myself. And I remember going home and looking in the mirror and seeing my ribs and seeing that I had just turned into like a shell of myself. I had turned into like a skeleton and I weighed myself and I was finally the number that I had always wanted to be but I couldn't even move. And at that point I knew that something had to change. I knew that something with my mindset was totally messed up that I needed help. So I know this is a really long story, but that was the very beginning of my journey. And that was my rock bottom. And then from there, I started building.
2: Uh, You did mention that your sister noticed that you had an eating disorder, but did at any point, did you realize or was it until your stomach ruptured that you noticed that you had
1: an eating disorder? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, I think I blocked it out. I think like I was just so I can't even tell you how not conscious I was. Like, I was just living life as a zombie. I was going through the motions. I was going to school. I was getting my straight A's, studying for tests. I was, you know, getting the lead in all the plays. I looked like this perfect straight A student, perfect hair, perfect body, perfect boyfriend, you know, all of this stuff. And I was just going through the motions. So I wasn't conscious of it. Every time the thought came up that maybe there could be something wrong, I just nope got to focus got to keep going towards the goals, so I was really not even conscious enough to know until I had that major wake up call my stomach ruptured and I had to face it. Wow. So you
0: you said you you pushed it out um but, but at least your sister was able to help you um, see that um, did you have any other maybe friends or families that noticed you were losing weight and mentioned it in a positive, negative way?
1: Yeah, you know, this was the early to mid 2000s. So at that point, um, you know, people, the Kardashians were just coming out and showing that having a big butt was cool, you know? And um, it was just coming out that like, maybe having curves was attractive. But before that, you know, I was born in the nineties when being thin was like the look that everyone was going for. So honestly, mostly people praised me for losing weight and the praise fed me, it made me want to continue losing weight because I was getting more attention from people. And fortunately, now I think that in today's society, that maybe wouldn't have happened. I think maybe now there's more awareness. So someone would have noticed, but um, you know, 10 years ago, we've we've advanced so much as a society with this topic, um, just with you know, all these platforms, Instagram and TikTok coming out and people raising awareness, which is so amazing. And I'm so grateful to be a part of that. But when I was in high school, we didn't have that. So people just thought that it was a good thing that I was losing weight. And I would get so many compliments and they really encouraged me to keep having this unhealthy habit. Of course, it still happens today. We still see magazines with models
0: that, you know, encourage people to Kind of keep following these habits and praising these these bad habits, and I'm so glad that you're here today to share this and hopefully show other people that, that it is okay to ask for help and it's okay to go different ways to seek happiness and self love.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love that, and I think what both of you are doing is amazing because you're spreading awareness. And I think that, like I said, had I had that awareness, had the people around me had that awareness, maybe that wouldn't have happened. But then again, I'm also grateful it did, because now I get to be a part of spreading that awareness.
2: So after your stomach ruptured, did you like automatically knew that, that you needed to change something in your life? Or did it like take time for you to understand the concept of eating disorder and how much harm you were causing yourself? And how was you change? Did you like instantly change? Or was it more of like a
1: progression? Yeah, that's a really good question. So honestly, right after it happened, I still was blocking out a lot of emotion. Like I can't even emphasize emphasize how much or how how much I was not self-aware in high school. Like I literally couldn't even express my feelings. I couldn't even say I'm sad. I never cried. I just pushed everything down and you know, it, we know that now the body has a psychosomatic response, so stress is stored in the body and that's what caused my ulcers um if you read the book the body keeps the score that's a really good book about trauma and how it's stored in the body but anyways um to answer your question no right after it happened I still kind of continued to numb for a while um I actually did end up gaining back all of the weight and then some right after my surgery and then I wanted to lose it again so really it was it was a super long journey and I feel like healing and growth isn't linear, right? It's kind of like ups and downs. Um, Like sometimes you take a couple steps forward and then you take a couple steps back. So, you know, maybe I had felt like I didn't wanna eat 1200 calories anymore, but I still wanted to lose weight. And I still felt like I needed to look a certain way in order to be loved. So the way that I kind of got out of it was, I actually saw a picture of a girl online who looked super fit and I wanted to look like her and I was like oh gosh I gotta look up what her like fitness and nutrition plan is and I saw that she lifted weights so I was like hmm I should try this so I started trying it and the more I did it the more empowered and strong I felt and the less I cared about the number on the scale and the more I cared about the number of the weight that I was lifting So I focused more on being strong and it really helped to heal me. Um, You know, the root of eating disorders is always, I think, anxiety and depression. So the anxiety and depression didn't go away, of course, it was still there. I still was depressed for most of my freshman year of college. I still stayed inside and isolated myself and didn't talk about my feelings with people. But I started growing this love for the gym. Um, as soon as i was cleared to exercise of course because i was so weak i was too weak to walk Um, i had to gain a ton of weight which i did and then i started slowly changing my body composition through um strength training so i did that so i started i started strength training and i started finding this love for the gym but then of course since eating disorders are really rooted in anxiety and depression the anxiety and depression didn't just go away It just kind of went to a different aspect of my life, so now the anxiety and depression was in like being lovable by guys and dating and relationships, so I actually kind of turned into this person who would, um, and this is this gets a little bit mature, so I hope this is okay to say, but I kind of turned into this person who would just hook up with guys every single week and that made me feel powerful and that was a way for me to control my anxiety so it was like one obsession turned into a different one you know it was the obsession of me counting calories and like going on the exercise bike for hours a day and then it turned into me trying to just get as many guys as possible and being obsessed with that um and maybe i became a little obsessed with the gym too but it wasn't like an unhealthy obsession it was more like something that was helping me to Feel better and feel more aligned and to feel empowered because the more that I lifted weights, the less I cared about the scale number and I started kind of seeing that like my worth is not in this number right my worth is not in my appearance. So that really helped me, but it did take a long time and a lot of inner work to heal the root of the anxiety and the depression Um, and with that I actually ended up doing therapy and that helped me to control my anxiety um, it helped me to do things to lessen depression symptoms so that I could you know be a functioning adult and not have to put my worth into you know how many guys wanted to be with me and things like that
2: yeah it's it's really great that once you start at the gym you focus on more of the weight numbers rather than like the scale numbers because I noticed that a lot of people with eating disorders and body dysmorphia, they would go to the gym to lose weight rather than to gain strength, so.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's so important too because there's also a process called metabolic adaptation that happens when you lose weight in an unhealthy way um, as most people with eating disorders do, right? So basically what happens is let's say someone's resting metabolic rate. So the amount of calories that they burn at rest just if they laid on the couch all day is 2000 calories a day, right? So let's say it's that. And then all of a sudden they slash down to 1200. Well, all of their body's internal functioning systems need to lessen so that they can actually function as a human, right? The input needs to match the output. Does that make sense? So like the amount of calories that you eat is also the amount of calories that you can can burn at rest. Um, So if someone has an eating disorder, their body functions start shutting down so they might have brain fog they might feel exhausted all the time they might have to like take a 2 p.m nap every day um they might not be able to focus as much they might have digestive issues um, a lot of people lose their periods you know things like that so um that was definitely something that I saw too and then once I started lifting weights naturally as i lifted weights my body was craving more food because i was literally building muscle so that helped me to repair a lot of that internal functioning Um, and i didn't have any help with that at all when i was going through that process it was kind of trial and error for me and now i actually have um, a methodology that i help other people with to do that exact same process
0: yeah you you have so much knowledge on health and fitness and i really want to ask you um, when you were in college or like you know when you were trying out well trying to see what career you want to go into what really made you maybe did you always know you wanted to do fitness or just happened after you know you got into fitness
1: yeah oh my gosh no i was not um i was not a fit kid i was not into sports like totally opposite i was a theater nerd i I'm still a professional singer, so I I do both careers now, Um, but I studied singing in school. I studied um, opera, actually, at the University of Michigan, but really what happened was as I started strength training, I noticed that my voice was improving. Like I noticed that as my physical body got stronger, my voice got stronger, and I was like, hmm, there must be a connection to this. So then throughout the next few years, because I started my freshman year. I started actually doing my own little science project behind the scenes where i would notice what was going on and i would also talk to my voice teacher about it too and um i noticed the correlation between lifting and singing and then actually what happened was i created my own methodology that's fitness for singers it's now called strength for singers and it combines biomechanics kinesiology and vocal pedagogy so um, you know the way that the body moves um the way that the body responds to like metabolic tension and um like you know strength loads and things like that and then also how that intersects with vocal training so I created my own methodology around that and then senior year I got into a program where you could learn to be a personal trainer So it was the personal training like mentorship program at the University of Michigan went through that program started training people at the University of Michigan just like all populations. And then, while I was in school I actually started my LLC started my company and then I started going to singers houses so like all of my classmates I would go to their houses, train them in person and teach them all of the methods that I had taught myself on how to like better your vocal health and your your voice with training. So I loved that because I was helping just like general populations build muscle, right? I was mostly working with women. And then um with you know strength for singers, I was working with my singer clients. So it was really cool. And then um after I graduated, I decided that I didn't want to try and get like a, a full-time job being like a, an admin assistant or something that I wanted to focus on growing my business. So that's what I did and best decision I ever made.
0: Have you ever heard of this method anywhere else or did you just find this super unique about your business maybe?
1: Yeah, so no, I actually created it. Um, It's called Strength for Singers. And basically what it does is it combines different exercises that specifically help vocal technique. So I really focus on the deep core postural correction and alignment and then also like expansion in the ribs and the lats, which are all things that singers need to have really good vocal technique and just having that body awareness helps them to do that better. Um, I guess it could be used like by everyone. um, But I really like that it helps singers, because those were a lot of things that I struggled with. um, And I feel like there's really a gap in the industry with that. But besides that, I also do help general populations to build muscle, because I feel like with diet culture, there's so much talk about reducing calories and restricting calories, when really most people are actually under eating, like most people literally don't get enough food for their body's internal functioning. And then when you wanna be healthier, um, adding lean muscle to your frame is always gonna be healthier than not having muscle um, because there's just so many benefits to having muscle. So. I really help people to go through that whole process of building muscle. And then if at that point, um, you know, they want to cut fat, lose weight, they can. Um, I'm not one of those people who says that like all weight loss is bad, but I think it just really needs to be in alignment. So I actually personally vet everyone that's in my programs. Um, I have a phone call with everyone that signs up for my program, Empowered by Exercise, just to make sure that they're in a good place where They are ready to better their health and it's not because they want weight loss specifically and that they're not like putting their. um, Self worth into their appearance, if that makes sense. When you are
0: talking to your clients um, as a fitness and health coach, what do you think is the biggest struggle that you see taking the first steps of being more healthy and appreciating, you know your
1: body. Yeah, um, I think that's really hard right now because there's kind of these two conflicting messages. And within the two conflicting messages, I don't really see a lot of nuance or room to have like gray areas, um, which I think honestly our world needs more in general, like our world needs more nuance because everyone has a different experience and things aren't always black and white. But the two conflicting messages I see are diet culture, right, that you need to lose weight and look a certain way so that you can be desirable. Um, It's rooted in misogyny, of course, but we know that. So that's one message I see. The other message that I see is all weight loss is bad. If you want to change the way you look at all, then that's hating yourself and that's bad too. So there's not really room for middle ground of like Maybe someone wants to lose weight to take pressure off their joints. Maybe someone wants to lose weight because they gained a lot of trauma weight and the weight is reminding them of that trauma. Maybe someone wants to lose weight because they just went through a super hard time in life like you know, the pandemic the past few years and they no longer fit in their clothes and they can't afford to buy all new clothes. You know, So there are ways that someone can lose weight in a super loving aligned way. Um, And I think it really comes down to like dismantling diet culture beliefs and looking at our own beliefs. Um, And a lot of those diet culture beliefs do lead to eating disorders so that's why I think it's important to kind of kill them at the root and to. figure out what those are and get rid of them, because when someone has a belief that if they look a certain way they're going to be more worthy that's something that we need to just get rid of right so. That's what i do with my clients i really help them i'd say even more so than a fitness and exercise coach i'm probably more of like a mindset and empowerment coach because i help people to see what beliefs they have that are holding them back from living their most aligned like empowered best life and we get rid of them yeah i've noticed from what you've told us that a lot of what eating
0: story comes from and a lot of of what this negativity of trying to look a certain way is by seeking validation, I think is what I'm hearing. You, yeah. you said that you you tried to seek validation in your school from seeking, um, from seeing it from other people to the, the person you saw, you said you, you saw a girl and you wanted to look like her and be like her, mm-hmm. right? But it, it's so cool that now through, through your fitness, through your business that you're helping people validate themselves and love them themselves instead of having other people to do that for them.
1: Mm hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's something our world just needs more of, you know, like a lot of people are listening to too many outside voices, whether it be the media, whether it be family that's misaligned with them, whether it just be other people's opinions that maybe they want to please or impress these people instead of listening to themselves and what they want and what is actually best for them. So that's a lot of what I do is empowering people to trust themselves and figure out what is the best path for them, you know, because maybe, maybe weight loss isn't everyone's path, maybe, um, you know, maybe it is, who knows, but like that's an individual choice. And when we have one side of the media telling us that we need to lose weight, and the other side telling us that if we lose weight, that means that we hate ourselves and that's that phobic and all this stuff. um, It makes it really confusing for people to trust themselves and what they actually want and what their motivations are. And people have different motivations for different things. And those motivations do matter. So like, maybe, you know, one of my client's choices might not align with what someone else wants. Maybe like, a client decides they don't want to lose weight, because I believe you can be healthy at every size. And maybe that client um is really muscular and they also have a lot of fat and they don't want to lose weight and that's fine you know but maybe their mom doesn't agree i've actually had that happen multiple times with clients and that client just doesn't want to put themselves through that process of weight loss they don't want to buy new clothes so that's what's most aligned to them and maybe people in their lives don't agree but the most important thing is that that person is doing what is most empowering and most aligned to them so i
2: noticed that you mentioned how instead of encouraging clients to fix their lifestyles and habits, but that you rather encourage them to recognize their beliefs and mindsets. And we also noticed that on your platform, you do promote manifestation. Can Mm -hmm. you speak more about that? And if it had any role in your journey with an eating disorder?
1: Yeah, so I kind of found manifestation later. So it's it's related, but a little bit different. Um, I think the way that manifestation relates to all of this is that if you want to manifest a desired outcome you do need to get rid of everything in your life that's not that so this is one of my like top tips that i tell my clients if they are trying to cultivate body acceptance body neutrality um right because body neutrality is one step above body positivity right it's not just saying like I love my body, but it's saying like, okay, even on days that like maybe I don't love my body, like who cares? Like I'm not that connected to it anyways. Like I am a soul living within a body. You know, it's just one higher level of consciousness. So let's say that my client is trying to cultivate that sense of body neutrality, right? And they're seeing on their for you page, they're seeing all these, girls showing like, this is how I lost 30 pounds in six months or whatever else. And they're seeing this is like a a good keto diet plan, or this is a good low carb dinner. You know, what I tell them to do is to, I don't know how to do this on the TikTok algorithm. I'm, I'm 27, but (laughs) I'd say on Facebook, unfollow people that Don't align with that next level version so unfollow people that make you feel like crap about yourself right like even if there's just like someone who. If my client, for example, does not want to lose weight and there's someone in her audience that thinks that she should maybe like mute that person for a while or remove them as a follower or something just so you don't have any of that energy in your life right just so there's not even like any perceived judgment just so none of it is holding her back from kind of like having blinders on and going toward what she wants right so i'd say that's probably how manifestation fits into it the most um i do also offer i'm i'm so multi-passionate i also offer other services like um business coaching and manifestation success coaching things like that so that's probably what you're seeing on my Instagram because I have so many other things too but um the basis the root of all of my programs like everything I offer is empowerment and alignment so with exercise and with changing your beliefs it's really just about getting rid of everything that does not align with that so that could be turning off the TV when you see like a diet pill ad that could be when your mom mentioned something to you about like oh like sucking your stomach or maybe you should eat a salad for dinner just like immediately being like no like turning that off you know um and this takes a lot of practice and it takes a lot of stepping into the next level version and it's really scary at first like it's really scary to defend yourself against people who are trying to tell you what to do with your life but That's what helps a lot and that's what I support my clients with, you know, I'm there to listen and I'm there to help them through all of those challenges, because as you like up level in your consciousness, um, the people around you might not. And that's just something that we have to deal with. I wanted to touch on something you said, Nancy, about not having the um, systems and um, goal setting and stuff. The thing is, I still have that, but those things, those details are not really as important as the beliefs because you could give someone like a million different strength training plans or nutrition plans, but like if their motivation behind it is not in alignment with themselves, it's not really gonna work, right? So yeah, I do make like custom plans for people and I do give people the plan. I, I give people like what to eat, how much to eat, all that stuff, but that's not really the thing that matters the thing that's going to get them to the result that they want is not the plan, but it's them. It's more about like them changing their beliefs. That's really the transformation that we're looking for because it's not just a physical transformation. Like, of course, I always say building muscle is the most important thing that people can do for their health. That's the healthiest thing that people can do. But when people work with me, they don't just get that transformation of building muscle. They also get Empowered and they become more aligned with themselves and they kind of step into their power and they feel more like themselves and they, they learn how to trust themselves they learn how to love themselves they learn how to be their own biggest advocate so it's kind of. Um, fitness for me was really the segue into personal development and being like my best self. Hey wanted to say, after
0: you had your surgery and then you started rebuilding yourself, you had mentioned in the past or we were talking to us that you had a scar from your surgery. Did mm-hmm. you notice that this was, it was like a reminder in a way, a positive or negative, or how do you use like your own story to help your clients?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, It's so interesting you ask that, because absolutely the scar is always a reminder of what I went through. Um, right now i am so far past the eating disorder version of myself that she feels like a totally different person so the scar just reminds me of everything that i've been through and of course i could get like surgery to remove it or whatever else but i really don't want to because it's part of my brand i think that scars are a sign that we survived whatever tried to bring us down you know it's a sign of empowerment for me it's a sign that i'm a warrior um and it really helps me to motivate myself that's so sweet that how something that was so negative in your life
0: became so something so empowering and positive and oh my gosh getting a little teary even <laughs> myself oh, okay. because a lot of what you talked about like i relate to a lot to like uh, parts of your story and there's kind of this pressure to look a certain way and be a certain way and just you saying that like you kind of have to do it yourself and accept yourself it's so nice it's mm-hmm.
1: cool. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to hear that. And yeah, that's the thing. It's like, no one can do it for us. We have to really sit down and look at ourselves and be like, okay, like, what are my beliefs about myself? Like, what am I making my size or my weight mean about me? And a lot of times, like, when we really get down to it, it's a shadow of, I am unworthy. I'm not loved. And that's really sad you know because i feel like so many young people have that belief and a lot of it is trauma a lot of it is conditioning a lot of it's ancestral trauma because i think in general our world is starting to wake up and become more conscious and um, eating disorders are just literally the physical manifestation of trauma that's what they are you know it's someone is having this really strong belief that if they look a certain way they're going to be loved and then they make themselves look that way and then they don't feel any different you know it doesn't change anything so that's why like with all my clients i facilitate a deeper transformation within them it's not just about changing their body it's about literally changing the way that they feel about themselves and about their body and disassociating their worth from their body
2: from everything that you said you do Seem to advocate a lot for mental health and mindset as well, while also physical, like physically healthy
1: lifestyles. But what does healthy mean to you exactly? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I feel like, again, there are these two totally opposing messages, right? So one message is saying you need to look a certain way in order to be healthy. And the other message is saying, well, you could be healthy at every size and we don't really care but if you are you know trying to diet then that's not healthy right so we have these two opposing messages um i just want to make it clear i am anti-diet culture but i'm not anti weight loss because i think it is important sometimes for people but to me health really means having functioning internal systems having muscle on your frame because muscle, in my opinion, is the number one most important thing to be healthy, um, and then also taking care of your mental health and living in a way that's in alignment with you. So as long as someone has those things, you know, that's all they need. And I actually have a whole module on. It's actually called "What Is Health." It's in my program called "Empowered by Exercise," and basically it says that health is so individual and holistic that it's it's almost impossible to define it. So. I think we need to take health out of the media and say that it's more about empowering ourselves to figure out what's healthy for us, you know? There are multiple weights that I could sit at and still be healthy. There are multiple exercise routines that I could do and still be healthy. There are multiple diet plans that I could be on and still be healthy. So it's gonna vary from person to person and also it's gonna vary from year to year per person, you know? Um, I'm healthy now you know 15 pounds heavier than I was two years ago. And i'm I'm still equally as healthy, maybe some some things are a little healthier, like my mental health is definitely better than it was two years ago because we're always improving but. You know um, i'm actually on a weight loss journey right now myself, um, I hope that's not triggering to anyone listening but. i'm doing it in a really loving and aligned way just because my clothes are not fitting me properly right now, and I don't want to buy all new clothes so um i know that probably sounds counterintuitive to talking about eating disorders but i think that it really takes figuring out what health is to the individual person what they want their life to look like um having functioning internal systems and then also to me health is about the routines right so if someone has um, a routine where maybe three to four times a week they work out and they eat enough fiber and they eat enough protein to sustain muscle to me that person's healthy regardless of what they weigh or what they look like
0: yeah I like you said I think it's it just depends on everyone else's separate journey even if you are doing weight weight loss I don't think we should make that entirely negative as loss as long as it's in a safe and you're doing it for yourself kind of way
1: I that's yeah way. yeah exactly and I think that actually um dare I say that People who condemn weight loss are also contributing to eating disorders. They're actually contributing more to people being out of alignment with themselves because someone who wants weight loss might, you know, feel stuck because they feel like, oh, if I lose weight, then I'm not going to be body positive anymore, you know, but those things aren't mutually exclusive. And I think that's important to remember too.
0: As you continue, you know, still working your journey, as you said, and and increasing your business, I feel like now in this new generation and with people being more open-minded, do you think that you have more, your friends or family that really understand that? Like you said, your sister, for example, do you feel like there's an increase
1: of support now with body positivity? Yeah, actually a lot. So as I started doing all this work myself, I actually noticed that you know my family members, um, a lot of them who had body image issues suddenly aren't talking about their weight anymore they're not talking about how much weight, they need to lose they're not talking about. What they should be eating they're not talking about like oh like squeezing their own fat on their body and saying I need to lose this so i'm noticing huge shifts in my Community because of the ripple effect, you know it's like when you. Who i'm getting a little emotional here when we allow our lights to shine, we give other people permission to do the same, you know? So it's like, it's really the ripple effect that we have on people. Because if, for example, my family member sees that I'm treating my body with this love and I'm speaking about myself in this beautiful way where I'm really coming from a place of love all the time, and when they say something, I'm treating them with compassion if they're saying something about like self-hatred um they start to notice that and they start to slowly shift and like over time because I've been um I mean it's been 10 years almost since my stomach ruptured which is crazy but over time in these past 10 years as I've learned I've really noticed my family change to the point where diet culture doesn't even exist in my world anymore And I know that sounds crazy but I just completely don't see it at all because I'm so much on this path of body neutrality and loving myself for who I am, and helping other people do the same thing—that like I don't even see the other part of it. So it's definitely helped my family. Uh, yeah, your your story is really inspiring. But unfortunately, like
2: like you, a lot of young like young people they don't realize issues with body dysmorphia and eating disorders until it's too late. So if you could give any advice to your young self or any. Anybody that's younger than you, what would it
1: be? You know, a couple years ago, I probably would have said, love yourself, learn to love yourself. But that's so hard, right? So what I would say now is start the process of self-discovery, of self-awareness, because you can't solve a problem that you don't even know you have. Like in my example, I literally was so oblivious. I was so shut off to emotions and the outside world. I was just going through the the day-to-day routines like a zombie that I didn't even realize that I had a problem, right? So I would say to those people that are in high school, the younger generation, look at yourself and your relationship to food and where you put yourself worth. And I would say for those people to ask themselves, what do i make it mean about me what what do i make my food choices mean about me what do i make my appearance mean about me what do i make my clothing size mean about me what do i make my weight mean about me if anything there are some people who have always been body positive or body neutral like my twin sister for example i don't know if it's because she saw me struggle with it or what but she has never cared about her weight or her appearance or anything like that and some people are just like that but then others really struggle you know and of course like people like that probably have their own sets of struggles that are completely different but um yeah i would really start there and start with the awareness piece and questioning like what are my beliefs about fitness food and my body image what am i making all of this mean about me like do i equate my worth with the food that I eat, the number on the scale, my clothing size, um, my appearance, and start to kind of do the self discovery work because you can't heal what you don't see. So that's what I'd say to them. Just Taking
0: this all the night, I feel like I connect, I can connect so much so. Uh, ah, yeah, I can see that. Why? What makes doing all of this to find about myself like you said mm-hmm.
1: it's amazing yeah the root like we said the root is not even like the physical manifestation all this stuff it's the root is how aligned we are with ourselves and how much we trust ourselves and love ourselves mm-hmm. Oh, thank you so much that's all the
0: questions we have for today but as BDAC I think we're all incredibly grateful for to have you here today and thank you so much I know this is just going to be a great episode and I really hope people take something from it and even maybe change their mind about what they think about diet culture or just about eating disorders or just in general about body image
1: yeah thank you so much for having me really it's an honor and um it really feels full circle to come back and be talking to high school age students about this stuff because, again, like if I had had someone asking me these really hard questions, I probably wouldn't have gone through what I went through. You know, like Nancy said, it probably wouldn't have been like, I probably would have gotten to it before it was too late, before I had to go through all of this stuff. But then again, I wouldn't change it because look what's come from it. You know, now I can help other people. And um, it's so. <laughs>
0: This episode is brought to you by B-Duck and produced by Diana Shadeva. We'd like to thank our guest speaker, Annie Calvaneso for sharing her story with us, as well as hosts Nancy Huang and Hannah Kwok. We hope you enjoyed this special episode and cannot wait for you to listen to more. Don't forget to follow us at TCHSBDAC. That's BDAC spelled B-I-E-D-A-C on Instagram, where you can view our club activities, posts, and contact information. If you'd like to be featured in a future episode, please reach out to us through our email, BDACClub at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to be you.